What you need to know is being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Here she is, at U-N-E-E-Q underscore. Don't forget the underscore Mm-mm. at the end. It's very, very important. Here she is. Follow her, bro. Bro. <laughs> yeah, if you forget the underscore, you're going to get like the bootleg version of me, and I don't know who that is. So, you know. <laughs> don't want that. The bootleg version. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you got to have the underscore there. So, I'm going to keep it nice and fluffy and light because today is a beautiful day, and I really wanted to hit, 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 it is hot, but hit the beach <laughs> um, last night, and I didn't go. But today is National Beach Day. Oh. So, if you live around the beach, go to the beach, take a stroll. And I wanted to share one of my favorite beaches around here. I love Point Magoo. Point Magoo Rock is a little destination, a little bit higher up than Point okay. Magoo. But it's dope. It's a nice little picture moment, Kodak for the gram, if you guys have that time. And um, if I wasn't in L.A., I would love to be in Hawaii in one of those beaches because I've never been. And everybody in the station has been going to Hawaii. So I'm a little bit upset about that because I don't get time off. <laughs> That's me. what this is about. It is. It is. Um, it's just, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love the beach. The beach is half the reason I moved to Los Angeles. Venice Beach is namely a large part of the reason I moved. I wanted to live in that neighborhood is because I love the beach and I love what it provides. You know what it is for me, Scott? I'm one of those guys that feels like – I sort of naturally connect to what sort of the regeneration of what the waves represent is. Like, it is legitimately calming to me as a human being to be at the beach. Yep, same. You know, um, let me ask you guys a question. When you go to the beach, do you go into the water? Uh, it depends. Like, it depends mm-hmm. on how hot it is. And I'm not, like, diving in either way. I'll take my yeah. shoes off. That's yeah. the most I'll yeah. do at this point. It yeah. depends. First of all, where are you? Like, what beach are you in, like, in the L.A.? OC San Diego area because that that matters if you're in <laughs> how deep you that's go. That's a factor. Go. Okay, <laughs> how like I love walking alongside the beach and just kind of like Clinton just take yeah. off my shoes and just do that. I I don't go like full body in like mm-mm, mm-mm, I don't do that unless I'm in like somewhere else out of Cali. But yeah, yeah, yeah I don't I don't do that. <laughs> you don't no. trust these beaches. The reason I ask uh, is for I'm that. I'm diving in. I'm diving right really? in. Really? Right away. Yeah, Dive I'm running. In. I'm running. As soon as we get there, I'm taking off my shirt. Wow. I'm taking no off my sandals. No matter what beach? Going right in. Well, it depends. I mean, some of yeah. these beaches in. That's what she's getting at, yo. Yeah. 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 But, for but for the most, the most part, part, like yeah. if I'm down at like Zuma, yeah, I'm, well, I'm diving lines. right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa Monica's a little iffy at times, yeah. but I'll, I'll probably still do no. it. No, no, yeah, 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 you're, nope. you're not doing Venice. I'll wait. Or Huntington. Max. Nope. You know. <laughs> right. But for the most part, yeah, diving right in and body surfing as much as I can. Okay. Body yeah. surfing is fun. Yeah. It is. I am like, I am a tropical dude. I hate the cold. So working my way into the water is so difficult. Like, you know, you, you go in, you get your feet in. Okay. Feet are in. Okay, feet are good. Let's keep moving in. Calves are in. Okay, calves are in. Okay, now I'm starting to get a little bit wet in the shorts. Okay, move a little further in. I'm so okay. not surprised. Yeah, yeah. no, no. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a patience person when it goes to getting in the water because I just don't like the cold. So it takes me time to work my way in. And That's then, why you know, you're doing it wrong. If yes. you don't like the cold. So, okay, I'm not dissimilar to you, and this is an honest strategy here. The only time I really get in a pool is when I know it's hot enough to cool me off. Like, I, yeah. I, it hasn't been hot enough here for me to desire getting in the water. Back home on the East Coast, bro, it hits 95 on a Wednesday. I'm like, I'm finding the nearest pool immediately. <laughs> and it's And human. jumping into it and jumping right back out to cool me off. You know what I mean? That's the way you got to gauge that one, Scott. Just get in there and get out, and you'll be yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Trust yeah. me. I know, man. I, I've done uh, a lot of ocean swimming, 
and dealt with the cold and dealt with the waves <laughs> yeah, and freaked out. My eyes are like giant saucers because I think I saw something underneath me. I mean, I just <laughs> I can't take the cold. And uh, and so, yeah, it takes a lot to get me to get into the water. Fair People enough. will be like, "Ooh, it's warm. It's, it's 72. I'm like, I go to check it out. I'm like, it's freaking freezing. Right. Yeah, no, water is colder. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as simple as that. That's why it's colder at the beach. You know what I mean? It's, it's National Beach Day. Love it. National I'm going to have to hit the beach day. tonight. I'm going to watch the sun go down by the beach tonight. I like that Aww. idea. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Very good. It sounds very romantic. Are you going to be solo, or what are you going to do? I'll, pu- I'll probably hit up J-Girl on the FaceTime for that, for that fun fact. That'll be, yeah, it's a good idea. Excellent. Yeah. All right, there you go. Pumped about that. What you need to know being brought to you by Morago Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Today is National Beach Day. Get out there and celebrate, people. All right, let's do it. Okay, Clinton, let me throw this at you. And, and Bergman, I know you're definitely going to want to jump in as the the resident you know, Dodger, I mean, the biggest Dodger fan probably at this radio station, you and Travis. So, look, tonight the Dodgers start this series against Atlanta. Atlanta is coming off winning two out of three against San Francisco. They're for real. Okay, this is not playing against Arizona or Colorado or sadly, I must admit, even San Diego nowadays is playing against a real team. Okay, so the Dodgers have their pitching rotation set for the next three nights. Urias, Bueller, Scherzer. Okay, the same three guys that swept through San Diego just a week ago. So that's set. These three guys are set over the next three days. But then they've got the Giants coming up thereafter, which means that Urias is not going to be eligible to pitch right away based on you know how long he's got to wait in between pitches. And I don't mean like it's written in stone, just the way that they usually do things. So here's really the question. Do you like what Dave Roberts has done by going Urias, Bueller, Scherzer against Atlanta, or would you rather him have had that threesome go up against San Francisco? So the way that this is set up for those – that aren't really understanding. The idea is that you get a guy on five days rest. Like, it's a rest management thing. So I'm looking at these stats right now, which is an interesting one. This year, Dodgers pitching starts, 2021, they've had 50 starts on four days rest, 50 on five days rest. Last year, they had 33 starts on five days rest and only seven on four days rest. Now, that's a different thing because, like, you know, the way that the pandemic worked, I think sort of changed a lot of those rotations, but – I don't hate this. I, I don't have a problem with going for what you need to go for now because there's almost a part of me that feels like, again, like I said, you have to gain the games. So you have to win. Like, you can't put yourself in a position where it's like, oh, we're going to sort of hold up to try to position ourselves better down the line because what if you lose all three games in the middle? You know what I mean? That's not an option at this point anymore. We're almost in September, Greg. Right, so I, that's a really good point. And also, so you're still getting two of those guys against yeah. the Giants this weekend. You're still going to get Bueller or you're going to get Urias it's and Scherzer Bueller. who won't throw against San Francisco. Right, he's the only one that won. So here's the biggest thing about all of it. Though, Boy, then that, I screw this whole thing. I mean, what a terrible setup by me. Keep going. No, you're, you're fine. It's fine. So, Here's the biggest thing. Right now, the Giants are playing the Brewers. The Brewers are no joke of a team. They're going to start at 645. The Brewers are not a bad team. They're a really good team, actually. So there's a good possibility that, you know, the Brewers take a couple of those games. Now, so if you're the Dodgers, you need to give yourself the best chance possible to win these three games when the Giants are possibly going to lose so that when you get to the weekend— 
maybe you're closer. Maybe you're only a half game back. Maybe you're a game and a half back. And, and that changes the nature of the series afterwards. Changes the yeah, whole but, thing. Yes, but, you have but, to win this series. And if you give your best shot of having your three best pitchers going against them, maybe you sweep those, and all of a sudden you have a better shot of getting closer to the Giants this weekend. Right. See, what I'm saying, though, is that you cannot worry right now about what San Francisco is doing. You have to worry about what's in front of you. And what's in front of you is a very solid Atlanta team. Atlanta's in first place in the AL East. They're 70 and 59. Atlanta's real. So you can't say, hey, look, I'm planning for what's going to happen four days from now or five days from now or even six days. I got to worry about right now. And I can't worry about San Francisco playing against Milwaukee because, again, the Dodgers aren't playing against a bad team like Arizona or Colorado, which, by the way, Colorado took two out of three from them this past weekend. So you have to focus and concentrate on today. And we'll worry about tomorrow, or in this case, we'll worry about San Francisco. We'll worry about the next series when we get to it. We need to take care of what we can take care of right now, which is giving ourselves the best chance to win three straight games against Atlanta. I can't plan for the San Francisco series. I got to worry about the Atlanta series. Yeah, but it's 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 more complicated than that. I mean, that's and that's what the job of the manager is at this stage. You can't be that simple-minded about it because the game, the games against the other teams do count. I mean, that's the whole reason why bullpen games happen is because you have to manage this stuff down the line from a simple. Uh, you know, just an output standpoint. You know what I mean? You can't gas everybody out. And that's why, like, people talk all the time about how Dave Roberts doesn't exactly make all the best decision in games. But this is something I think he does pretty well. I think he gets his guys to a point where they're set up. They're set up to be in the right spot. Whether or not it works from an execution standpoint, I don't know. But I do think that you've got to bring your best against Atlanta because you won't have a chance once you run up against the Giants. And again, the Giants are not just some other team in the division who happens to be good. They got the most wins in baseball, Greg. So, like, they're an actual opponent. They're not just some slouch. They are the team you are chasing. They're the team everybody's chasing. Right, and to and to Clinton's point, this is very much Dave Roberts yesterday pitched Justin Turner in the ninth inning down 5 nothing. Right. Normally a 5 nothing game, you don't go to, J- to Justin Turner or a position player at all in that situation, but he's saving his bullpen because he knows that over the next three days he's going to have to play against the Braves for those three, and then he's going to have to have all those guys available for the weekend, too. You don't want to burn them out, especially since they've been burned out like crazy over the last couple weeks. And reminder how many games they've played in the last three weeks as well with no breaks, a la Laura style. You know what I'm saying? So there's a physical element to what they're doing that I think goes beyond just a competitive balance, Scott. Yeah, look, I know what you're saying, Clinton, about you know being the manager and it's complicated and there's nuance and you're looking ahead. But I'm just, I'm, I guess in my, my mentality is, you can't control what San Francisco is going to do against Milwaukee. I mean, Greg, your point is that San Francisco might lose a couple against Milwaukee because Milwaukee's a first-place team in the NL Central, and they're no joke, 79-52. and 52. I mean, this is a real team. And, and so it's not the full point. I, don't, I just yeah. want to be clear that that's not the full point. It's more so that you're putting your best pitchers in these because you need to win these games. Well, that's, that's precisely well, we're all kind of what saying I'm the saying, same and thing. I agree. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is that if I were in Dave Roberts' position, I wouldn't be worrying about the next series. I'd be trying to win this series and trying to get some more wins. And even though I'm kind of hoping and keeping my eye on the scoreboard, what's going to happen between Milwaukee and San Francisco, I can't control what's happening between those two teams. The only thing I can control is is putting out the best chance I have for my team to win, and that's why I'm using these three pitchers now. So so just to get to Clinton's point and why what you're kind of saying is 
just slightly a little bit off is that they could have pitched Urias yesterday. Right. He would have pitched on four days rest. You could have pitched him yesterday and you would have gone then you would have gone um Bueller, Scherzer, and then probably Price or somebody bullpen game on Wednesday. But they didn't. They held him back and let him pitch on Monday because they were pitching for these and not going towards the weekend with the San Francisco series. They could have had their three best pitchers going on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Dave Roberts decided to give an extra day off to Urias, to give an extra day off to Bueller and Scherzer in some sense, so that they could have those guys rested just that extra day. It did have nuance to it. Yeah, and it was well, the- and more generally, that's that's a man management thing that you can't just throw out. You you can't just say, well, this is what we're doing today. That's that's the whole thing that you're doing in a series. Never mind a season. But don't you guys think that you're looking at Colorado? And you're saying this is a team that is a 10 games under 500 type of ball club. And you know what? Um, I think we can win. We, I don't think we need to use Urias today. I think we can win this game even without him. They didn't, obviously. Um, but I, I got to think that you're looking at who your opponent is, which is why you're looking at Atlanta coming up and then San Francisco. And you're thinking to yourself, we got to win these games against Atlanta. Yeah, we got to have our best have pitchers plan, available. Which is why you have to plan for other opponents as well, because who you're facing matters when. Again, the factor that's changing here, Scott, is the time on the calendar. That's the only thing that's really important here. You're running out of time because all the games count the same. It's just a number of how many you play. And so you have to be able to manage it. Otherwise, you're just kind of going, you're gassing out in a way that doesn't make sense for what you're trying to do overall. This Dave- Dodger schedule, just down the stretch here, three games against Atlanta starting tonight at home. Then three games at San Francisco, three four games at St. Louis, and this is a this is a very very tough stretch of ten games because all the teams that you're facing right now are all real playoff contenders. Absolutely. So you, this is why Dave Roberts is choosing who to pitch in what series and where. He's he's setting this up for the rest of the season. He's not just looking at like okay tomorrow I need to have this guy. He's looking all the way through, all the way up to possibly a wild card game, setting it up so it's like this is who I'm going to be That's having in that spot. The crucial element here because the wild card game is not just another game. That becomes when your season is on the line. So when you're close enough to this situation where you can sort of you can you can literally read it out. You don't make these decisions in April. You make these decisions once September starts because that's what your job is because hello after September is October when the playoffs. All right, so so here's the, the final analysis then. Does everybody here like or not like what Roberts has decided to do? You lose two out of three to Colorado, you start a three game series tonight against Atlanta, and you've got your top three guys going. Do you like it or do you not like it? I think the best thing he does is this part of his job, which is manage to get his guys in good situations. I don't necessarily think game-to-game button pressing is what his strength is. This kind of stuff is his strong suit. Yeah, I think he set this team up to succeed by doing it this way, yeah. so I'm, I'm totally fine I'm with, with that. Yeah. See, so am I. I think this is a great move. I think this is exactly what he should be doing. Pitch these three guys against a team like Atlanta that's a playoff contender, that's a first-place team, versus wasting, I'm putting that in quotes, wasting one of your top pitchers against a, a bottom dweller who obviously upset them by taking two out of three. All right, stick around, everybody. Coming up, I would like to get back to a little bit more on Rondo. Lots of people had t- had stuff to say about that earlier in the day. The Lakers look like Rondo is coming home. We'll get back to that story coming up. Yeah, it's Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Clinton Yates is in for Sedano this week. What up? Hey, handsome man, let me ask you something before we uh, move back. I was said we want to move back to the Lakers for a second, but hold on. We were talking some baseball stuff. Did you see this story? with the New York Mets this past weekend. 
And, you know, listen, both the Dodgers and the Giants had not long ago played against the Mets, and, and the, the Dodgers took three out of four against them. This is going back into, you know, August 20th or somewhere in that range, so we're getting towards the end of the month. But are you following this story, how the Mets fans are booing the team, who's in a complete free fall, and the Mets players are, like, gesturing thumbs down to the fans, and then after that happened, once Javi Baez told the whole world, yeah, that's us kind of giving it back to the fans, the Mets PR staff went into like damage control mode. Are you following this story? Yeah. Um, this this is an interesting story because I think especially in markets like this one that are big markets where people consider themselves to be rather educated fans, this is an interesting story because like Queens doesn't play any of that. The Mets and that fan base and that media market, Emily Kaplan was explaining this on Around the Horn today when we talked about it, like this is not how they roll in Queens. Like, this might fly in terms of, like, hey, please be nicer to us. But when people talk about the pressure of the New York market, this is the kind of stuff that they're referring to. And listen, the funny thing about it, and this is what I said on the show as well, is, like, this is so Mets, man. Like, even the things that they do incorrectly, they do them in an extra lame manner. Like, this thumbs down bit, Greg, has been going for three weeks. But you know why nobody knew about it? Because they weren't getting people on base, and they weren't winning any tag on games to let everybody know they were doing something good in some subversive way. And you're just like, oh, I get it. Javi Baez is a really fun, exciting player. And his larger point, I do kind of agree with, and I like Javi Baez, but he's been there for a cup of coffee. Why are you yelling at Mets fans? This doesn't even make sense. I know you're defending your boy, but like, I don't know. This is lame on lame, which is just New York Metropolitan's baseball, man. Well, I love this story. I absolutely love it. Because a couple weeks ago, remember their owner, Steve Cohen, ripped the Mets. He's like, what, what's going on here? Like, I thought these guys are professional hitters. Like, excuse me. I mean, I'm a hedge fund guy, and I decided to buy myself a baseball team for the fun of it to show off to all my buddies. But... The guys stink, and I thought they were a bunch of professional hitters. So I know, first of all, people were – they seem to be rubbed wrong by how dare an owner publicly rip his team. I personally loved it. Now you've got Javi Baez telling everybody that the thumbs-down gesture is his way of saying to the fans, you guys are, are giving us a hard time. He actually had a quote. I'll, I'll read it to you, Clinton. He said, we're not machines – we're going to struggle seven times out of ten. It just feels bad when I strike out and get booed. It doesn't really get to me. <laughs> Apparently it does. But I want to let them know, meaning the fans, that we're successful. We're going to do the same thing to let them know how it feels. So, so when we're good, you know, we don't, we don't, we're going to do the same thing. Like Maybe what the Mets players should do is maybe the Mets players should all buy tickets so that they can have the same rights to say to the fans what the fans are saying to them. You can't lose the psychological battle to the crowd. Not when you're a professional. How about the home crowd? That's my point. Worse. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that, that, and that to me gets to, and I like to ask you about this, Scott. Like, what I mean, to me, there's a level of lack of professionalism here. And I'm not saying like, oh, this is an ugly move. Or, I'm, like, I'm not taking it that seriously. But I'm like, yo, bro, play baseball. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't mean that what you feel doesn't make sense. But like, you're the person there to play. They're the person there to cheer and boo. You know, if you can't handle it, I, I don't know, man. I, I was really surprised by this from Javi, who's a gamer, a guy who you've seen pop out of a dugout and try to fight somebody who's much bigger than his size on the field. It was very surprising to me to see him say this. He had a son in front of with him at the, at the at the presser too. Like, I don't know, man. I think those guys are just kind of him and Frankie Lindor are old buddies, and I think that they're just they're feeling the pressure of New York City, man. It's real, Greg. Let me ask everybody though this: You ready? Is this a new modern day 2021 pro ball player whose feelings are hurt? 
because the home team and the home fans booed him. No, he's a he's a dude in New York who doesn't like being on a bad team. That's what I'm saying. This this is this is garden variety New York heat in the summertime. And Javi Baez right now can't handle it. Right. That, but that's what I'm asking you though. Is is that is that because a generation ago they were like, hey, we suck, so people are going to boo us. That's the deal. That's how it works. You know, whereas, you know who said that? Tell me. Derek Jeter said that. So I'm fairly certain that, you know, that's the standard to go by when it comes to New York baseball teams. Rand, Randy Johnson used to walk down the street and he would yell at reporters because they were in his face. The New York media is just such a different world that I don't I don't really blame Javi Baez for being he's the same either. as anybody else right. that's in the in that but I just, do blame there's the a lot leadership. of pressure there. I, I blame Greg, this is where we talked about this before with guys like Dave Roberts, half the job is not just putting the lineup together. It's making sure your dudes are in a headspace that they can compete. And this is something where the Mets do not have that leadership right now. No. You know, that's just not what they have at the top. No, Luis Rojas is the is the manager, and he's just not really getting to. He's I, new, I, you he's, know. He's, he's figuring new. it out. It doesn't seem like they respect him at all at this at, right as of right now. I mean, they they brought in guys. Of course, Lindor has been hurt, and Baez was hurt, but Pete Alonso's still there, and Michael Conforto has been fantastic. There's a lot of guys that he just doesn't seem to really have a lot of control over or have that ability that Dave Roberts does. With it's the particularly weird too because that was a team that was together. Like they, I know this for a fact. They spent a lot of time together working out in the offseason. That's not necessarily necessarily something that happens on baseball teams. That's not like with football where guys will get together their receiver groups and run routes at the local high school. That's not a big thing in baseball necessarily unless you happen to live in the same kind of general area. This team likes each other. It has gone south in a major way that I think has actually been kind of disappointing for baseball fans overall because they have a lot of talent. They but do. When, but when he when he tells everybody that the thumbs down gesture is to the fans because he doesn't like it, his feelings are hurt when they boo him, the Mets immediately come out with a statement from their PR department and their CEO, Sandy Alderson, whose name people may remember because he was the CEO of the Moneyball A's way, way back in the day. And they sent out a press release. In a post-game press conference today, Javi Baez stated that the thumbs-down gesture during the game was a message to the fans who recently booed him and other players for, for poor performance. This is what the Mets say. These comments and any gestures by him or other players with a similar intent are totally unacceptable and will not be tolerated. So I have a question. What are the Mets going to do? Tell Javi Baez he's suspended for giving the fans a thumb down? They'll hey, we're not, we're not tolerating this. How dare you thumbs down to our fans while they booed you? So, you know what? This is not tolerated. We do not tolerate that. Booing is every fan's right. That's directly from the press release from the Mets. The Mets will not tolerate any player gesture that is unprofessional in its meaning or is directed in a negative way towards our fans. So what are the Mets going to do? They're probably going to find him. They find a guy in a Mr. Met costume for flicking off a fan as well. Like, this is not – this is what I'm saying. The Mets' leadership is just not anything with any sort of real, like – I don't know. I mean, they changed ownership groups. Nothing's changed. You know, this is these these are the Mets, and it's kind of – it's just – it's embarrassing because, like, this is my point, Greg, is that this is a good team. You know, and from a collection of talent standpoint, to have this kind of nonsense taking up the headlines is really annoying. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're they're they are a good team, but losing's tough. Yeah, <laughs> losing is hard to take. And when you don't have Jacob Degrom to be to back you up, and you don't have Noah Syndergaard there to really back you up, and you have those two guys, you're gonna start get like it's gonna start to weigh on you a little bit. So when the fans go at you, look, I don't think it's right for him to do it. I don't. 
it's pretty understandable for him to get upset because of all the losing. They went two and eleven in thirteen games yeah. against the Dodgers and Giants back to back to back to back. Yeah, and by the way, during that two and eleven period, and it may not be exactly matched up, but the Yankees went on a thirteen game winning streak. So in New York. The Yankees are being celebrated for this long winning streak they were on while the Mets are getting beaten up by everybody for falling apart. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a tough season. That's a long, hot summer in New York City. I got to tell you guys, I really don't have a problem with it at all. I don't have a problem with Baez admitting it. I don't have a problem with his gesture. I don't have a problem with the owner of the team ripping his team for not being able to hit. I do have a problem with the team immediately trying to go into damage control. Like, oh, we're sorry, fans. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. Booing's your right. It's okay. Very weird bit. Very weird. Very, very strange. All right, stick around, everybody. Coming up, big deal or no deal, everybody's favorite segment. As Sedano likes to say, it's the highest-rated segment on the show. Big deal or no deal is next. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. All right, before producer Greg does take it over, big deal or no deal, we got to remind everybody, speaking of big deals, it's a big deal that you call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call our friends at Sam and Ash Law, 1-800-304-2000, 1-800-304-2000, because you, comma, Greg Bergman, comma, deserve what's right. All right, Cap, so we'll start with you today. So first, Vin Scully made it okay to look into NFTs. Yes, Vin Scully was the reason. I'm putting that out there. He did it last week. Have now, you gotten your uh, Vin Scully t-shirts that you ordered on No, Friday? they haven't come in yet, but eventually. He just ordered them. <laughs> on Friday. I don't know if he overnighted them or what the deal was. I mean, I just did whatever they had on the site. But anyway, now there's a 12-year-old named Benjamin Ahmed that has made over $350,000 selling NFTs. 12-year-old. He did it by coding his own digital art collection called Weird Whales, and they are just that. Pictures of weird whales that he coded himself. Is this a big deal or no deal? Well, because the kid is 12 years old and we're talking about real money here, you said over $300,000, right? I'm going to I'm going to say big deal. Now, I guess in the big picture, it's not like earth-shattering billions of dollars. But come on, man. Like, think about your own 12-year-old. How many people out there, their 12-year-olds, have made $300,000? Not many. Exactly. I am so impressed with, like, young kid entrepreneurs that start their own thing and figure this stuff out and make a ton of money. And, like, the parents are in the other room going, wait, he's doing what? He made how much? Um, To me, it's a big deal. I'm going to say big deal because I this is actually something I kind of understand from an NFT standpoint as opposed to just like I'm paying for something that's a picture of something I've already seen. He at least created some art, coded it himself, started it in a digital means, and is selling it on his own. That actually makes sense to me. You know what I'm saying, Greg? How like, cool is that? All this other stuff, I'm just like, uh, those are pictures I've already seen. Why would I buy a digital version? Can I tell you guys just in real life story here? I was on the phone the other day on a Zoom call with a 17-year-old kid. And this 17-year-old kid was trying to sell his company to me. And this kid was talking circles around me. I had no He was talking about artificial intelligence and code that he had written and how long he'd been at it and the stuff that his thing does. And I was like, oh, my God, this kid is 17. He's been at it since he's 13. These kids just blow my mind. I don't know what you were doing at 12 or 13, Clinton, but I wasn't making money at that time. Other than like baseball, washing cars. Making out with girls. Yeah. I was washing my neighbor's cars, cutting <laughs> their lawn. That's, that's how I was, I was making doing. money. Tell you yeah. what. I've been a member were. of the community for some time. This is, I guess so. We return to this. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> All right, what we got next, Laura? Thank you. 
All right, Clinton. Shopping yes. on Amazon is really the only true way to shop now. I literally just bought some new shorts yesterday on Amazon. But cargo shorts? They are not cargo shorts. I will not wear cargo shorts. Mm. I am not a cargo short fan. Mm. But <laughs> but did you know that in the search box, if you click the little drop down menu, there is a section called Amazon Warehouse, and you can get products at a discount. Some are like new or open box, but you can get major things in there that are just straight up new. Is finding out about Amazon Warehouse, which I just did, a late, big bro. deal or no deal? Apparently, I'm late. Yeah, I was going to say, that's. That, I mean, that's no deal to me because I've known about that forever. You oh, know my God. Saying? I just like, found out about yeah, this. Man, it's I'm like a huge this deal. scratching debt. It's right? the whole thing. It's like when you go to like a Best Buy, you don't just go to the, t- you go to the side where like yeah. the TVs and the boxes are because they're just the ones that they had on display. You're like $500 less and they're the same TVs mm-hmm. except somebody's touched them once. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the exact same thing. Got to know about that. Can you explain one more time, Greg? Because clearly Clinton knows and Laura knows. I don't know. So I'm just going to take a stab here that half the audience knows and half the audience doesn't know. How do we find this on Amazon? There's a little drop-down menu to the left of the search bar. And if you click it, it'll say Amazon Warehouse. And you get a whole bunch of stuff for way cheaper. I'm going to go big deal because I didn't know about this. There are many things on that drop-down list, just FYI. Yeah. Amazon Warehouse is one of them. So, yeah. Any place else where we can save that much more? I'm sure other drop-down menus on other sites will have the same thing. <laughs> no, I was talking about this one in particular, but yeah, that's pretty cool. I, big deal to me cuz I'm with Clinton. I I would much rather go into a place like a Best Buy and here's a television for $500, but here's one that they displayed and people may have touched a couple of times, and it's the exact same TV, and it's still really essentially brand new, and you can get it for half price. I'll do that all day. It's kind of like the difference between buying a new car and buying a used car. I mean, the, the new car, owned. yeah, you, you drive it off the lot, and you it depreciates automatically, whereas buying the used car generally has greater value. Um, Speaking of ordering things, this is a quick sidebar. I have gotten in the mail, like, in the last two weeks, like, things I ordered during the pandemic that were, like, on pack order <laughs> that have just been showing up at my crib, one of which is two separate fully working Mandalorian masks that, like, I don't know why <laughs> awesome. I ever decided I needed two, but, like, they showed up. I was like, oh, look at that. That's right. I ordered that thing, and it was due in 2021. And I was like, yeah, why not? 200 bucks on this stupid thing. I'll take it. So, yeah, I'm getting all sorts of weird toys now. It's how funny. much? Uh, how long ago do you think you ordered it? I mean, it was defo during lockdown. You know oh what I'm saying? My. Like, there's no way. There's. I mean, it was probably a year ago or so. Now that I think oh, about it. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Right. It is the Mandalorian stuff because I bought a baby Yoda doll that was like a little plushy baby uh-huh. Yoda doll. And that took like a year yeah. to get what? to me. I bought, and all yeah. of a sudden, well, because I did it right when it first came right. out. Right, for those of us who are junkies, you know what right. I'm saying? Not paper towel junkies, but actual <laughs> right. memorabilia junkies. I was jumping all over it because they were going to sell out. I knew it was a year off, but I wanted it anyway. Right, yeah, and all of a sudden it comes and you're like, oh, hey, look at this. I got this doll. It's <laughs> right. awesome. Right. Totally I totally forgot about it. forgot right. about it. Yeah, that's great. It's always fun yeah, to do that. crazy. Y'all crazy. <laughs> Might have ordered something on Friday night. Never know. All right, Laura, what's yeah. next? <laughs> I was good. Never mind, man. Never mind. Next, next, next. All right, Cap. Mascots are under fire. 
They're under fire. Last week, the Notre Dame fighting Irish leprechaun was called out for being offensive. I know. He's very offensive. I am so offended by the, the leprechaun from Notre Dame. Very offended. And Well, I mean, it's Irish and you know fighting, all that stuff. But And, and now it's the Arizona State Sun Devil. A mm-hmm. change.org petition already has over 1,000 signatures towards removing Sparky the Sun Devil. Is all of the outrage over mascots a big deal or no deal? I'm going to go with big deal, and the reason is because people are looking for reasons to be offended, in my opinion. Like, I don't really understand what Sparky the Sun Devil, like, which part are you offended by? Are you offended by the sun? Ooh, it's hot. I get sunburned. I need SPF 50. Oh, sun, that's so offensive to me. Or is it the devil? As in, oh, the devil, Satan, hell, uh, purgatory. Um, oh, and I don't like that word, and it, it, it's a negative thing, and, and I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. So I don't know what people are offended about, like the Notre Dame fighting Irish thing. Look, I'm not Irish, okay, but I don't understand what's so offensive about it. Why wasn't it offensive five years ago or ten years ago? I got it. The world is changing, but come on, really? The Notre Dame fighting Irish leprechaun is offensive? They're going to even try and change it? Look, if you tell me the Cleveland Indians and the depiction of the Indian character is offensive, I'll buy that. I can go with that. And I understand why you might want to change the name. If you tell me about uh, what's the, the character's name down at Florida State that, that comes out and he puts down the thing at the 50-yard line, and you say, well, that's offensive because that, you know, that's not necessarily how you know, people of um, uh, Native American Indian descent want to be depicted. But the fighting Irish, the, the sun devil, yeah, I'm going big deal because people need to chill. Seriously. Um, it's no deal because on a basic level, I think a lot more things need to change just because they're boring and uncreative. <laughs> Guardians, for example, terrible name for a baseball team. Like, what Awful. are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, the general world of things changing can be looked at from ways that has a lot more to do with just basic levels of creativity on the globe and not just whether or not somebody's hurt, offended or not. Like, yeah, let's get something new. Mix it up. That's all I got. All right, next one. I had to find this one on the fly because I didn't have another one, and this has to do with <laughs> flies, actually. I did find something that had to do with flies. So, you know, don't you hate when you're outside at a barbecue and the flies keep landing on your food and you have to keep yes. brushing them away? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently Amazon has something called a fly fan. I've always seen other things where there's, like, you put things up and, like, there's tiki torches and it kind of mm-hmm. gets rid of the fans. Uh-huh. But this yeah, is citronella. a fly fan. Yeah, citronella, thank you. Uh, the, see, you always do this for me, Scott. I appreciate that about you. Thank you. Um, Amazon, there's Amazon has a fly fan for just under thirty bucks. It's it's a K I O I P O fly fan, and this is supposed to keep all flies away from your food. Clinton, is this a big deal or no deal? No, this is no deal. Look, I'm I'm forty years old. It's twenty twenty one. I'm a man. I don't. I'm a man. I don't need fly trap solutions at this point in my life. Okay, <laughs> I figured this part out <laughs> so that I can keep the flies away from me. With all due respect, you know what I'm saying, like. We're okay in that front. So, no, I'm not spending $39.99 on some contraption mm. that I saw on a TV commercial. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go no deal also. But you know what? You know what I do like? You ever see those? They look like tennis rackets, and um, there's like a little button on them. And when you go to smack a fly and you actually hit it, you hear like the fly get electrocuted. Bzz, bzz, and you're like, oh, that's so cool. So, like, I will walk around my house with one of these fly tennis rackets, and when I get one, and my percentage is pretty low, I'd say I'm about 
I'm hitting about 200 right now. I'm not doing so. I'm like Bellinger-esque right now. So my, my percentages are very low, but when you hit a fly and you get that snappy electrocution sound, there's just a lot of pleasure in it. I don't no, know why. It's no. pretty, pretty creepy. Feels good. That's creepy, man. You pretty just, creepy. just got this dark real Sidebar. Quick. I, I've seen a side-by-side picture of that guy in The Rock now, and like the side-by-side is yes. uncanny. I, did you see? Uh, like yeah. his whole facial situation, like expression. God, this is nuts. Sorry, I'm distracted by this, Cap. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't I seen think... the back. Yeah, it is Beach Report. I hadn't seen the, ba- the side-by-side. Yeah. It's like the whole body positioning this dude i saw it right now on ig i was like whoa this dude legitimately needs to inquire about being a stunt double like seriously Mm -hmm. wow but why am i creepy for liking to hit flies with the electronic tennis racket who wants to kill things like what well i don't want to kill things i mean if i can avoid killing them i will but if they get into the house and it's getting crazy it's like okay give me the fly swan you literally just said i love the feeling yeah i do i love the feeling that's right but i don't like to kill things that's what you're doing when you do that but flies but they're flies they're still living things. Oh, please. Come on. I mean, I'm just saying. Really? So you don't ever kill a fly? You don't ever kill a I spider? I never said that I never killed it. Ant? I just don't enjoy it. And you know what? I stopped killing. I do, too. I, I literally stopped killing spiders. Like, I'll grab them in something and put so them outside. Them I will out. do that There's all the time. There's a lot more humane traps, too. I will do too, that. Yeah. I'll take a paper towel because I've got a surplus <laughs> of them. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, don't don't spend thirty dollars on no fan that Greg is. I mean, unless about, Greg's you know. selling it. Yeah, you I, know mean, what I mean, you know, maybe, but I don't know about that. Either. You're, we'll, you're we'll still not you, buying it. We'll get you one for your birthday and see how much you use it. No, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, <laughs> zero. Um, but hey, like I said, I need to find something real quick. And that was the first thing I came. There up. you go. All right. There's big deal or no deal. Yeah, at 710 ESPN, Sedano and Cap. Clinton Yates is in this week. What up? Before he takes off for Penn State, Wisconsin, which I want to talk to you about in a second. But let me throw this at you from LakersNation.com. You ready for this, Clinton? Sure. Poll from LakersNation.com. What's up? Rajon Rondo returning to the Lakers. And here are your choices. It's just a statement, but here are your choices. Awesome. Dusting off my Rondo jersey. That's A. B. This is going to turn out bad. C, come on, isn't he like 50 years old? Or D, can we just start the season already? How would you vote on this LakersNation.com poll? What do you say, Clinton? I'll tell you a better story. So there used to be a cutout of Rajon Rondo in this actual room where I'm at. It might have taken off. I don't know why or how, but I can tell you who has it right now. Somebody you've met before. His name is Julian. <laughs> Your boy has a, a life-size Rondo. I mean, it might have been his birthday recently. He might have gotten a gift, you know? <laughs> we ca- we might need that back. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see. I don't know where it is. <laughs> Leave it to you, corporate Greg. I don't, gotta know, have I, that I don't back. know where it is. Now that Rondo's coming back plead, to the Lakers, we got to have it. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I don't know who took it, but my boy ended up I'm with just it. saying, you know, he told me. He was like, wow, just fell out of the sky. It's unbelievable. Uh, that was actually really funny on Friday night also uh, when we were doing like some raffles at Hollywood Park Casino and there was this girl, she was wearing this uh, this this Rams jersey and she showed me her raffle ticket number before the raffle started and she's like, yo, I need to win. So, so every time I pulled one of these raffle tickets out, I would look at her and go, it's you, this is going to be you. She ultimately did win a Cooper Cup life-size cutout. And oh, I just don't. I don't know. That, that do was among the things? selections available, <laughs> from my from my understanding, of course. When Mr. Rondo made an exit, available <laughs> is a 
This is a certain word that is being used right now. Okay, I'll, I'll shut up about it, but I'm just saying. So how would you answer this, Greg? Rondo is returning to the Lakers. Is it awesome you're dusting off your Rondo jersey? Is it, this is going to turn out bad? Is it, come on, isn't he 50 years old? Or, D, can we start the season already? If i got to choose one of them, it's just, D, can I start the season already? Well, Right now, 59%, 59% of people are saying, awesome, dusting off the Rondo jersey. Or in Clinton's case, awesome, I got to go try and get that life-size cutout back from my boy. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> never, the heard, never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Clinton's in this week, and, and he'll be out Friday, and, and DeMarco will be back in Friday because you're going to go up to this Penn State-Wisconsin game. So the first week of college football is on the way, although this past Saturday – I watched a lot of this UCLA-Hawaii game, and uh, they've got this transfer, a kid from L.A. who went to Michigan, and I don't remember the exact stats, but this guy had three touchdowns, and I want to say like six or eight carries and over 100 yards. Do you have the exact numbers in front of you, Greg, by chance? Putting you on the spot immediately. Um, so LSU. Sorry, Laura was to, talking to me. What were you asking me? I was saying the, the kid, is it Charbonnet? Charbonnet, is that yeah, Zach Charbonnet. Yeah, and yeah. he had uh, six carries for 106 yards and three touchdowns. Isn't that amazing, Clinton? Six carries, three touchdowns, 106 yards. How's that seen to start Hawaii play defense, bro? You know, the Rainbow Warriors are not exactly. I mean, like, that's the funny thing about college football is that any given week of the year, some guy can go for some crazy number. You know what I mean? And it'll never happen again in their life. So, you know, I like to see good performances out of guys for sure. Well, I mean, listen, even you take a look at USC this Saturday. The USC has a what you'd call a tune-up game mm -hmm. against San Jose State. And for those that are San Jose State fans out there, you'll have to excuse me. I know that San Jose State kind of shocked the conference last year and had a much better season than San Jose State football had been accustomed to. But for USC, San Jose State is considered a tune-up game, whereas for San Jose State, they played this past weekend against like Southern Utah and beat up on Southern Utah because that was their warm-up game before they take on SC. So UCLA's already got one down. USC will have one coming up this weekend. I followed San Jose State on IG the other day. I had to unfollow. They got, too much, they got too much content. Really? Like, I was stunned. I mean, I, 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 it was like sort of an accidental follow. I was kind of just goofing around with stuff. And you know how sometimes you press buttons and you're like, oh, sure, I followed them. Next thing you know, I mean, I'm the biggest what, – what what's the name of their mascot? Spartans? Next yeah. thing I know, I'm the biggest Spartans fan on earth. I got these <laughs> things inundating my feed, and I'm not knocking that. I was just like, whoa, for those – you know, the, the, the community they're serving is very well served, Greg. You know, that was – Oh, that was a you lot. So I, I'm rooting I'm for that. I'm not that guy. I, when it comes to IG, like if you put one too many pictures, you're gone. <laughs> yeah. You're off. I got really? enough for me. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. I yeah. rarely ever bail out on somebody once I follow them on Instagram. Although today I was reading this article in the LA Times about um, the quarterback from USC, Slovis, right? And they were talking in the article about how, you know, he had this great freshman year and then last year was such a disaster through the pandemic and, you know, lack of practice time, lack of meeting time, and lack of feeling like you're part of something. And then they mention in the article that he's got all these, um, you know, uh, what is that, name likeness, name image likeness? NIL. NIL deals and he's got these deals so I'm like you know what let me go check this out so I go on to Instagram and I follow Slovis because I read about him having these deals I, I didn't know that I didn't follow him and he's got these things where he writes it's like hey it's going to be a great season and good thing United Airlines has direct flights from wherever wherever to LA so that you can come see us play and I was like okay I, it's good I get it the kid is making money it's something that you know my generation of players never were able to do but 
It's kind of cheesy at the same time. Got to be honest. I don't have a problem with it, as you would like to say. I just couldn't deal with it. I just couldn't imagine. I could not deal with how many different San Jose State tweets I got, a post I got in one actual day. I knew the entire roster by the time I was done getting out of bed. I was like, what's going on here? This is quite – I mean, now you know what I have to do now. I have to go see a game there, Greg. Have you ever you been do. up to San Jose State? I've never been, there? been up there. Let me tell you something. You fly into downtown San Jose – and they've got a really beautiful soccer stadium yeah. where their MLS team plays. Oh, yeah, the Quakes. They've got, a, they've got a great hockey arena where the Sharks play. Downtown San Jose is a very underrated town, I promise you. And then San Jose State University, which is really part of the downtown area, they have the most bizarre football stadium, Clinton, because they have one half of the stadium is like, I don't know, maybe fits like 25,000 people, right? Okay. The other side of the stadium is like a high school stadium that maybe would fit a thousand or two thousand. Huh. So it's kind of like. Um, oh wait, and yeah, and it's sort one side sort of looks like it's like a setup like the Kali. Is that for, like where they're, where they're like bleachers, but they're inset to something, and the other side is like completely different? Is that am I picturing that correctly? I think you got it right. I mean, you you know when you go there oh, at the San Jose stadium? State, you don't realize how many people played their college football at San Jose State. As I'm recalling, last time I was up there. I went up there for a, uh, I don't know if it was a Raider game well, last year. I know, year what, what's his name went ago? there? Uh, Garcia went there. Yeah, Jeff Garcia, yeah. Jeff, 49ers quarterback. And I think, like, Dick Vermeil is a San Jose State alum. I mean, there's they've got names up at the top of this half of a stadium, because that's all it is. It's a half a stadium. But they've got these names up there, and you're like, wow, I didn't know this guy was at San Jose State. I didn't know this guy played at San Jose State. They're, they've got some tradition up there. Great unis, not, too. Not USC tradition, but, you know, they got oh, some Oh, yeah, this is exactly what I thought it is. There's a big hill on one side, and then, yeah. I've seen this before. Yeah. I, I would go to this. How far away is San Jose? It's like an hour flight. It's not that bad. Well, I mean, like in the car. Oh, um, you'd probably have a Greg. Sorry, I don't have the private there. jet fueled up in the back. You know, right gap. Wrong no. route. It's probably about four or five hours. Three but hours. if it's Laura, it's two hours. <laughs> okay, right, so it's right. a day Laura's trip. Laura's going 110 right. the entire way. Right. Okay. It's a, it'll take you about four hours. Right. It can be done in a weekend. Not four hours. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, let's let's weigh it real fast. How about San Jose, way, here I come. Hey, but listen, three hundred six miles. Yeah, that's not two hours. That's not. I I'll bet three. you there's. I'll bet you there's a ton of Southwest flights, super inexpensive to fly up there. You yeah, can fly like up there for bucks. a game and be back. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, listen, television's Clinton Yates flies to a lot of places, but if I'm going from here to San Jose and it's 300 miles, I'm getting in a car. Right. It's, yeah. It says five hours, <laughs> according to Waze <laughs> yeah. right now. Five hours. Five hours? Five hours from now. Five hours. According to Waze right now, from okay, here. Dude, maybe like, door to door rush with rush hour. Well, it's, yeah. it's seven o'clock. We're a little bit past no, all that. it's three hours. If I got up, hold on. If I got up first thing in the morning on a Saturday, could I make a lunch date in San Jose? Like, sun up. Yeah. Okay. Like let's see. Six a.m. I, I wake up every day pretty much at five a.m. Okay. Five. I think I like probably three and leave half hours. by six. Okay. According three to ways, Saturday. If you left Saturday at five to get there at five a.m. No, no, no. I'd probably leave. be leaving Venice at six a.m. Leaving Venice at six a.m. He's getting there by ten before. Okay. Getting, okay. So if you want to be there by ten, you need to leave at five fifteen a.m. No, it's four hours okay, and forty five minutes. I, okay. You know, I'm with Laura on this one. Thank you. I, I feel like I could make that up. Thank at you. that hour of the morning yes. on the freeway. Thank yeah, you. I think I can. Trust make that me, up. bro. Just fly, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. I like to see things along the way too. But I think I, I'm okay. Thank no, you. Just what's just, the what's the speed limit on the way up there? How about that? Well, it's. I mean, legally. Operative word there: limit. You know, I'm kidding. Legally? So, so I'm looking Laura, at this. 115. No, first of all, that is not true. Okay, I will not be admitting to any of that because I know cops listen. No, <laughs> don't need you getting pulled over on the way home. No, 
That's not good. Mm. Uh, so Penn State, Wisconsin sounds great. Yeah. I'm just looking at the schedule just for the weekend just because I'm starting to think to myself, you know, football junkie over here, how much college football can I get in this week? Um, Fresno State and Oregon, Oregon's number 11. How about this one for you, Clinton? Number one Alabama against number 14, the U. I'm all about that U, the University of Miami. Yeah. Uh, I'm going another... to Oregon, Ohio State the next week, too. How about that? Oh, wow. You got some good games. Yeah, buddy. Um, looking here at uh, USC versus San Jose State. We were just talking about here's the game of the weekend, and I know it's only Monday, but Georgia and Clemson. Number three Clemson, Big number game. five Georgia. That that's game's amazing. in Atlanta, right? Um, that's a good question. I would. It does sound like something Fairly that would be certain on. that game's in Atlanta. It's a big-time matchup. Yeah. Um, UCLA and LSU this weekend. Really big game. And then uh, Notre Dame-Florida State, which is on Sunday because there's no NFL football until next Thursday. So big weekend of college football ahead. I love it. Yeah. Hold on. I'm trying to find out if that, where that Georgia game is. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, big weekend, and I'm excited about it too because I like college football. Bank, no, that game is – wait, where is that game? Anyway, I like college football because for me, it's like it's 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 an experience, man. You know what I mean? It's not it's not it's not the same stuff, you know. So I love it. All right, well, well, Clinton Yates, um, listen, I will see you tomorrow, sir. Looking forward to spending more time with the chapter president of the Handsome Man Community, uh, Greg Bergman. Outstanding job out of you, sir. Outstanding, excellent work. 